You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are related to our faith in Jesus and how it plays out in our everyday life. In this episode, we're answering the question, what would an epistle written to the modern United States church have to say? So if you read through scripture, you see a lot of different letters written to a lot of different churches. So that got us to thinking, what if uh, an apostle were to write a letter to the church today? What would it have to say? What kind of issues would it address? Welcome in to Church Unplugged. Welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy, part of the leadership team here at CCC. I've got with me the rest of our leadership team, Joe Coffey, Zach Wyrock, and Stacey DiNardo. And our question today is, what would an epistle written to the modern church have to say? So if you read through scripture, a lot of the Old or the New Testament are letters that were written by different apostles to churches in different areas. So that got me to thinking, okay, if let's say the apostle Paul were to step into human history and write a letter to the modern church, what kind of things would it have to say? What's the state of the church? What's going on that he would be talking to us about? That's our starting point for today. All right. We have to acknowledge right away, this is a really dangerous thing to try to do, right? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. Like, if I was the Apostle Paul, this is what I would say. <laughs> um, with that said, we have to, like, narrow it down. The the modern church, you're talking about the American church. Yeah, I would like, say the American yeah, like church. Our church. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because okay. obviously, I think it would be different to write to, I mean, yeah, any any place across the world has a different situation than what we have here. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's interesting because I I think in some ways the answer would be what he's already written. Yeah. yeah. Because the Bible was given to the church for all times. So um, everything that God felt was necessary for the church throughout history, however long Jesus tarries, uh, he put in the scriptures. It's not as though God would say, oh, shoot, I wish uh, I would have addressed this or if I had just waited a hundred years, I could have, I could have talked to that. Yeah. You know, maybe an easier thing though, would be, you know, like first Corinthians is written and he's answering questions that they're asking. Yeah. yeah. Right. So maybe we could say what, what, if we were going to have, have, like be a church that was going to be sending a letter to Paul asking, asking him questions. to address these questions, what, type what of questions? kind of questions? Cause there, there, there are things where food offered to idols and uh, the immorality found in, in the church, different things. So. Yeah, it's good because I was just going to say, I think the connective tissue between what is written and what, you know, hypothetically would be written today would be more the localizing of some of these things. Because, right. you know, if you think about the epistles, you know, if you think about Galatians and legalism, I mean, that is a problem that has always plagued right. yep. the church right. or the Corinthian church and worldliness. You know, um, I think in some ways, any culture, even if we look at today, the African church, the uh, South American church, the North Chinese American church. church. Yeah. Right. It might just be that one of the epistles uh, speaks more to their particular context than another right. because of what they deal with. Uh, but it would be good to say, uh, I don't, you know, you know what particular issues yeah. or things would Paul... Off the bat, what would you... I mean, I would say, uh, Paul, social media is a big deal now. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to try to explain social media to Paul. But... <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> But and then, then I think, speak English, so you got a long way yeah. to go. Then to Zach's point, though, I think a lot of what he would say, I would find in other Already letters in about the letters, you know, wholesome talk and distraction. Uh, yeah, but also I think there'd be a warning about talking um, generally to a to a lot of people that you don't know how that's being reflected. Instead of you know, in some ways, we have problems that uh, or issues, I guess that. 
Paul didn't face. You 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 couldn't do what we can do in social media, which is attack broadly in a way that can't right. you know can't be defended. Isn't personal. I would want well, to ask about uh, politics. I was going to say that's probably addressed. Yeah. In, well, in almost every epistle, doesn't he talk about unity in the church as being a problem and disunity right. in the church? And again, so that would definitely be a question. And again, localized in areas of American politics, perhaps, or other things like that. But yeah. Yeah, we're actually doing what uh, we have to do when we try to prepare for a sermon, right? right? So we're, we're looking at principles that, that he wrote to a particular group and then trying Thinking to see how those impact, apply. You know, apply. Yeah. But yeah. I'd really like him to. <laughs> the social media one got you, didn't it? Yeah. It did. Yeah. Social media, <laughs> get me. COVID would have got me. I mean, yeah. I would have said, oh. I would have shot him off a. A quick email and what just said, "Hey, do we do? What, do we, you know, what do we do with COVID?" I mean, this well, I is... think just any email you receive, you could just forward. It yeah, to you Paul. could forward to Paul. <laughs> <That's> right, <no. laughs> hey, how would you answer this one? Answer this one? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think that if you are writing to the American church, I, I think the biggest thing that that maybe Paul would speak about is the individualism that I think uh, pervades the American church. That when we think of Christianity, we tend to think about uh, Jesus and me. You know, my relationship with God. Uh, whereas in the time of the New Testament, it was very much so a, 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 a we thing. You know, you even the letters being written to churches is indicative of the fact that they were thinking of themselves as a as a people. And I, I think now I think that comes through in the way we deal with politics and the way we deal with social media, the way we we don't view each other as family or members of the body, or you know, we we, we just kind of. Uh, show up on Sundays as 2,000 people who have their own relationship with Jesus, right? Yeah. And we have that in common, but but it's very much so kind of like we each have a cord that goes from us to Jesus kind of thing, and we're there to connect to him. And it's nice that we're sitting next to someone, but they don't really matter in the dynamic. And you see that in the move to online and uh, people, the lack of interest in church membership, you know, these kinds of things. My guess is he would speak he would speak to that pretty aggressively because I think it just flies in the face of the New Testament and what you know the Bible means when it talks about what it means to be a Christian. Yeah, well, in the Bible from beginning to end it addresses us as we. I mean, it's uh what is what's the term uh for a for a culture that is much more into family and relationship the whole culture. Do we Is there a name for that? Individualistic yeah. Culture because I don't know what the opposite of that would be. Yeah, because that's what the, that would be an Asian culture, an African culture, right. mm-hmm. and, and that's definitely from beginning to end. That's why one of the things that's you know it's always interesting. We think that if uh, when I'm reading uh, the Bible and I get upon you know come upon like Nehemiah, and Nehemiah starts to it starts with him. He is a righteous guy, and he starts out by confessing. Mm. The sins, his, I mean, he says our sins. Like I would have, I don't pray like that yeah. when it's not my sin. Yeah, that's so right. I, I have to, I have to participate. <laughs> but he didn't. He was going, no, my, my nation's sins are my sins. My people's, my people's history is my history. Wow. What they did, I'm guilty of. It, it's a, it's a dynamic we're not used to. So I think that'd be really, that's a good that's insight. A really yeah. Good and I think even, and I, I think a lot of things reduce back to that. So I think how we handle money. I think mm-hmm. in America, the American church, I think Paul would talk a great deal about that. I mean, we he was a missionary. He depended on the support of think, the church. Most of the money 
that yeah. exists in Christianity exists here in America. So I think he would talk about it. But again, I think that comes back to the individualism. I think Paul would say to us, the church in China is your church, that those are your right. brothers and sisters. So so how are you leveraging money in that way? I think he'd be calling us to an Acts 2 approach to say, uh, when there's a need, you meet it. It's your need. It, that's your family. That's uh, I think he would be calling us away from the identity, you know, the national identity that's creeping and saying that your primary affiliation is, again, with this family of God, not as Americans. Nothing wrong with America. I mean, he would say, Sir, you know, honor the emperor. I mean, right, you right. Know, he would, but, but that is not your primary identity. I think most of the things, because I, I think if you think about where the Bible's really at odds with you know, culture and sexuality or gender, or it really comes down to this idea of uh, what are you? And who defines what you are? And that American idea that, well, I'm me, and I define what I am. And I think the call would be back to, actually, no, that's not true. God defines who you are, and who you are is never understood separate from the greater whole. I think that, you know, one side of the coin uh, of of individualism would also be lordship in the sense of the role that we allow Jesus to play in our lives. Because I think one of the ways that sense of individualism plays out in Christians' lives individually is that they kind of, uh, we have a tendency to pick and choose what areas, what areas we want to Lord, give Lord full authority to right. Jesus in yeah. and what areas we don't. And, you know, two of the big ones are money and sex, where, you know, for, with money, we say that's kind of our that's thing. Mine. I, I get can to do own it. that yeah. part. And yeah. Same with Yeah, we tend to give him full authority in the, in the areas that we agree with him. Which is really not giving yeah. him authority right. at all. At I mean, all. it really is right. true that that's really... You're, you're, you're just, just still making of, your yeah, own... Yeah, the test of how world. much authority you'll give to somebody is what happens when yeah. you don't like what they have to say. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think he would I think he would invite us to see that that uh, part of the work of Jesus is contradicting us, is challenging our way of thinking, is um, causing us to to wrestle with what we want, you know, kind of inviting us into his experience. We're in Romans 7 when he says, the things I want to do, I don't do, the right. things I don't want to do. And, you know, he's acknowledging this war that's in him, but that's because Jesus has shown up and said, this is true, and that's forced Paul to reckon with uh, the other things that are that are true. So I think he would challenge our biblical illiteracy. You know, I, I meet mm. more and more Christians who I really just don't think have any understanding of of the Bible and um, not really talking to you if you're a new Christian. I mean, we, we've baptized almost 200 people in the last two years. So uh, if you don't know what the Bible says, that's a time and space problem. <laughs> you you hang in there. Yeah. But for, for a lot of people, I've been Christians for a long time. I think they have a really limited working knowledge of the Bible, and that shows up in the way they engage culture. So just, you know, not coming from a biblically informed place. I think you would challenge that. But again, I think that comes back to individualism and yeah. even seeing my time as my own and... Um, you know, my thought process, my worldview is my own. So I really think that individualistic thing, I just think it's important for everyone to say that the Bible we have is not insufficient to speak to any of these things. Right. And that really part of the role of teachers, to Joe's point, and, and um, Joe, maybe you can talk a little bit about how you approach this, but part of our role as teachers is, John Stott calls it building a bridge between two worlds, the world of the Bible mm-hmm. and our the world audience. today, yeah. right? So... Yeah, and I think, uh, I mean, there are different rules, and we'll talk about this probably in a different podcast, but of hermeneutics on how somebody is supposed to approach, what the rules are to approach the Bible. But, uh, you know, once I know, you know, Zach and I prepare probably the same way, we look at what the Bible says to that particular group and then try to figure out, okay, what what is, uh, and I, for me, I usually am picturing different people in my head 
while I'm preparing a Ooh, message. You're picturing. And then, I'm just <laughs> well, well, I, and the, the other well, the other thing is, I hardly ever uh, preach a sermon that doesn't convict me. So um, I'm the the primary person I think that I'm trying to speak to. But then there are other people that I think of their particular uh, place and what uh, what they're facing, and then see what the how the Bible. Yeah, it's interesting because I think sometimes after I preach, people will. Uh, you know, they're trying to be encouraging, which is great. I think encouragement is great, but they they seem to put the emphasis on me and like my insight and my ability. But I don't think it's intrinsic. I I, I mean, I, I think that it begins with just a deep belief that whatever God has said really does have life-changing meaning for us today, right? right? And and then working until, you know, I would say it's kind of like digging. You're just digging until you you hear that thunk and you hit something and you go, okay, this is treasure, right? This is going to be helpful. And, um, it, you know, I, I think the credit goes to the fact that the Bible, even though it was written 2,000 years ago, is incredibly insightful yeah. and speaks to every culture and every place. And if you approach the research phase of teaching with that mindset, then I think you you, you will keep going thinking, I'm going to at some point find something that really is in some ways, maybe not Paul, but the Holy Spirit speaking exactly to our culture uh, today. Something back to even just what Paul or what an epistle to be written to the church. The thing that came to mind, Jimmy, when you sent this question was that I can't imagine uh, a culture before now that had more distractions and more information being thrown at us. And so, again, I think it's already is addressed through maybe even false teachers or idleness or different things that we would come across when we're watching TV, watching the news, and just all of the messaging there. But I don't know. Is there anything else in that that would be something that you feel like? I think that does connect back to the individualism theme, though, in the sense of, you know, me saying, hey, I'm going to seek out the teachers and sources of information that I I prefer rather than saying saying something that appeals to me. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than saying, what does, what God's word has spoken authoritatively. So, what does God's word have to say about this? Yeah, I do think that, you know, it's funny because I, I think. First, we we know from experience that the first two chapters of Paul's epistle would just be calling us to remember the gospel, yeah, and because yeah. he just that's what he does every time, right? Mm-hmm. This is remember it's what Jesus has done, uh, <laughs> and it would be good pushback against the church culture that can sometimes say, yeah, 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 Jesus died for us, we know that, but what else? I think you know Paul yeah. was always like, no, 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 no. 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 There's, but I, I do think one thing that I, he would speak to is. Um, as a pastor, something I wrestle with is, as a pastor who does a lot of teaching and preaching, is I don't think people have a category for me upsetting them. And uh, I think he would speak to that because I don't know how to do my job without sometimes upsetting you. You need, you need to challenge Yeah, somebody. because I'm going to have to say, I mean, at, at some point, I'm going to have to say something hard for you or something that hits upon an area of sin that you have or and it just feels nowadays if you say anything that upsets someone you're going to get at best an angry email and at worst they're just going to leave the church cancel culture and you just wonder like how do i pastor you how do, how do i lead you how do i shepherd you if i can't ever yeah whether that's in a sermon you. or it's in a meeting where you know you have to say something like hey you're 
Not married in your living together. Yeah. That's not good. Well, I think about Paul saying to the Galatians, like, oh, foolish Galatians, who right? has... Bo-? And I think, well, they would just leave, Paul. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they'll, just go to, just, they'll just go to the church in Philippi. They're Philippines. going to second Galatians now. You know? <laughs> they, they, I mean, really, I, I don't know. I was, People just don't have a category for that anymore. And, it, and, and I sometimes find myself in the sermon prep process saying to the Lord, like, how much can I say? Like, I, I don't want to be derelict in my duty here, but if I upset them too much... They'll just uh, they'll just check out on me. So it's like I don't know how to thread the needle sometimes between I got to tell them the truth, but I but I gotta like it's kind of getting a kid to take medicine. <laughs> you know, it's got to be grape flavored and it's got to be chewable and it's got to be and and I think Paul would the really day it's medicine. Yeah. Paul would be yeah. telling Christians that they should be experiencing conviction and challenge. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah. I mean, I've thought about that a lot actually often of just like, man, is that. A test for me I think that's as a Christian for sure. is that when is the last time I felt convicted of my sin or I've my nation's sin? I've changed my, my behavior you know? be, yeah. because the Lord has revealed something, not because I feel like and it's going to please him, but because he's. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. revealed something. I, I, and then I also think, just to be fair, on the flip side, that Paul would have a lot to say about the celebrity pastor model, you know, just uh, building a brand, thinking of yourself as you know, the focal point or the the center point. I mean, so many churches and ministries are built around, yeah. you know, one particular person and all that they do. And uh, I, I think Paul would have a lot to say about that. Yeah, I think um, when, Zach, to your point about uh, convicting people, I think a lot of times people feel like uh, when they write me about me not approaching difficult subjects or something. It's always a difficult subject for someone else that they <laughs> would agree with me about. You know, it's like... Uh, they're, they're saying, you're not hard enough on my enemies or you're right. not hard enough yeah. on those who disagree yeah. with me. So I think, I, I think that would be interesting. If people, before they came to church, if they prayed and said, you know, Lord, help me uh, to, to hear this in such a way that it uh, upsets my equilibrium and helps me grow. You know, I just think if, you know, like Jimmy, you, you and Zach are both coaches of, uh, like middle school sports. And I think, uh, you know, I was always, uh, an athlete and if I went to practice and I, uh, and if I, if people approached church the way I approached practice as an athlete, they would be much better off. Like I was just like, Whatever I never decided. Oh, I'm going to get into a portal. I'm going to change coaches. I would have changed coaches like every other day because, you know, I didn't like practice. Uh-huh. Something like that. There's something about persevering and growing and deciding this is what I'm going to do and this is who I'm going to put myself under and I'm going to trust them. And well, yeah, you can imagine what a gym would look like if the the trainers began every day by saying, "What do we know? People don't want to hear from us." Right. <laughs> or what a financial planner would look like who gets ready to meet with the family. Or and doctor's says, office. Well, or... I know they want to spend their money this way, so I'm not, I better not challenge that. And I better and that is not how we approach teaching, but but I I do worry sometimes that where is the church in fifty years if you're not allowed to ever offend, upset, convict in order to help. I, I don't know I don't know where we'll be. And I mean that is like the capital C American church. So one more question in that, maybe just to flip it a little bit. I mean Paul in all of his letters also is encouraging. So yeah, I think, right. is there anything that we would say, again, all of the epistles really address everything that we already could ask for, but is there anything encouraging that we would say, hey, this is something about the American church that 
Well, well I don't know if it'd be encouraging specifically for the American church, but I think Paul does start out like even the, the letter thanks. to the Corinthians, they, and they were a mess. Yeah. And he starts out saying, I thank God Every time. all the time yep. for you, and God has done all this for you, and you are this, you are perfected in this way. And uh, it's an amazing beginning. And I think that's true, Stacey. I think we need to always keep in mind that we want to encourage as as much as we want to try to help. Yeah, I mean, I think he'd be a fan of global missions. He'd be a fan of church planting. He'd be a fan of, you know, a lot of the things that churches are doing. Yeah. That he would be saying, keep keep going. And uh, I think he would be encouraging us that the, uh, in our current moment in American culture, that Jesus wins. Yeah. You know, I think there's a growing sense of fear and, you know, what's the landscape going to look like? And as our culture yeah. takes so many turns away, I think he'd be Jesus saying, hey, don't, yep. don't worry about it. You know, I know it's hard. Stay the course. You know, uh, he'd probably be saying, let me tell you what Rome was like. And, you know, uh, I know what it is to to serve Jesus in a hard time and uh, those kinds of things. Yeah, I think he would encourage us in that way. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things he would about, celebrate and champion. Like our, so not Big C Church, but our church, the church we're actually, like what encouraging Well, things? I think, when I think of our church, I think of the three goals that we have that are that come straight from the New Testament, oh, to see yeah. people come to Christ, to plant churches, and to give money to global missions. I, I know for a fact Paul was a fan of all three of those things, what he gave his life to. And it's amazing to see it happening. Yeah. It's amazing to see the life change that's happening with different people in our church yeah, week I mean, in and week we out. We said, Paul, we've baptized almost 200 people in the last two years. Yeah. He, he would say, that's amazing. That's awesome. Keep keep going. You yeah. know, um, Yeah, I think there are a lot of things that he would be encouraged about. But I also think if you were writing a letter to our particular church, there'd be some things that, you know, I would, I would not expect that. I would have to be okay with being offended in order to help. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> we would, yeah. You've been listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we're going to look at topics and questions that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. We want your feedback. We want your suggestions. If you've got ideas or questions that you'd like to hear answered on the show, you can email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.